What is going on, all you beautiful people? Good afternoon. I hope y'all are having a wonderful start to y'all's day. And let's get into some more college football news. Some new transfers have come out the past past day. And we'll kind of discuss that. And then we'll end the video with, I know this is crazy, but we'll end it with some MLB news regarding the lockout, updates from Rob Manfred, and kind of just discuss the future of when the lockout could possibly end and how it'll end because we have no clue. So let's get into it to start off this episode I want to ask y'all how are y'all feeling today y'all feeling good I know COVID's been kind of crazy and I hope y'all are all doing very well and I hope life's been normal for you so but now let's get into some college football transfer portal news last night Alabama linebacker Jalen Moody entered the transfer portal and unfortunately for Jalen, he mostly was a special teams contributor. He played a little bit at linebacker because he only registered 15 tackles throughout the season, and he also did have a pick. But he only has one year of eligibility left. He's getting pushed down the depth chart. Alabama's constantly racking in these new linebacker recruits, and it didn't help the fact already that Henry Tolato and Christian Harris are already starting and solidified their starting position for about the next two years. So... Jalen figured with his last year of eligibility, he'll go somewhere where he'll be the middle linebacker number one, and he'll be a huge pickup for whoever gets him. So I wish the best for Jalen and hope he does very well because he is a solid player. So now on to the next player that entered last night. We have Ragin Cajun from the University of Louisiana Lafayette running back, Montrell Johnson. Now, he officially entered, I think, a while back, but it just got announced that he is joining the Florida Gators down in Gainesville and could possibly end up becoming running back one or easily running back two. I have not I have not watched a lot of ULL. I know they are a very solid program. I think another reason that this helped too is that his old head coach, Billy Napier, just got hired to be the head coach at the University of Florida. So that is so this is huge for the Gators who are who are gonna start becoming pretty thin at the running back room. So this is a huge addition and and another pretty sought-after player in the transfer portal, and that is former Arkansas State University kicker Blake Group, who comes in after a very prolific career at Arkansas State and gives this Notre Dame team a veteran kicker, veteran presence, and after losing their fifth-year senior kicker, this, this allows them to pretty much just reload and rebuild, kind of like I said about Alabama in the past podcast. Notre Dame's doing it once again, kind of like when they got Brandon Joseph, the All-American safety. He'll replace Kyle Hamilton's spot as Kyle Ham Hamilton goes into the NFL. So, once again, Notre Dame's picking up these huge transfer portals, transfer portal pickups, and couldn't be more happy for him. Now on to the next player. We've got former Auburn wide receiver Kobe Hudson, who is going to go down to Orlando, Florida, and will be joining Gus Malzahn, his former head coach at UCF. Now, this is huge. I don't, I don't know if any of y'all have been looking at UCF right now and all the pickups they've gotten and this already adds on to a stacked transfer portal recruiting class pretty much they've gotten another key factor they got last week was John Rice Plumley from Ole Miss the wide receiver slash quarterback it's more of a wide receiver but was a quarterback anyway he, he'll probably play baseball at UCF like he did at Ole Miss he this will be he only have one year of eligibility but this kid is athletic he gives a nice spark to the offense as well tag him with Kobe Hudson and already that stacked wide receiving room at UCF. UCF's championship ready again, baby. 
I'm telling you, UCF's going to go right back to the national championship. But now, all joking aside, though, UCF is in the right, right direction. The Gus bus continues to drive forward. It continues to go insanely crazy. And we'll see how well UCF continues to do. And also, still while we're on the topic of UCF, did any of y'all see the McKenzie Milton and the cool F FSU and UCF helmet he's going to be wearing at his senior bowl game? I think it's absolutely beautiful because it's got the UCF logo. I think it's on the left side, and then it's got the FSU logo on the right side. As you know, he transferred to Florida State this past year for his final season. I mean, what a story by that kid, too. Had a, had a technically a career-ending leg injury back in, I think it was 2018, didn't play for two years, recovering. I mean, doctors were amazed he even walked again. So just to show you how great of a player, I mean, as a person too, because he kept fighting and he constantly is telling people never give up. And I'm telling you, what a great kid. He could be a sneaky good player in the NFL as a good number two option. So we'll see how well that works in the NFL. But um, yeah, once again, UCF, this is a secretly good team to watch out. They could end up being like how good Cincinnati was this year. You know, making it to the college football playoff, and I hope, you know, they would win if they made it, not like how Cincinnati did, but let's not discredit Cincinnati, though. They had one heck of a season, and hopefully they bounce back even better next year. Now onto the next topic, we'll be discussing some new college football news. Lou Headley, the Australian tatted, full-tatted punter at the University of Miami, will be returning for his senior season this year. I think it's great because he not only is he a great punter, he's a great personality, and is a reason why he make like why college football is so exciting too, because you get great personalities like like Lou, and it just adds on to the you know factor of college football. But um, now onto some more college football news for the Senior Bowl, the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions will be having both of their coaching staffs coach obviously each side of the game, so that'll be pretty cool to see. Personally, I love Robert Sala and Dan Campbell. I both think they're going to be able to hopefully uprise both of those would have been recently poverty franchises and hopefully get them up to just, you know, at least above 500 because I know those fan bases are needing some love right now. So hopefully they're on the right track. And, yeah, so now until the next topic I wanted to get about is Deion Sanders and his Jackson State Tigers. I mean, Wow. About three weeks back, Travis Hunter, you know, the Florida State commit already had said he's going to Tallahassee. A report earlier that week had come out saying that he was talking to Dion, and Dion was, you know, super recruiting him to Jackson State, and we all kind of blew it off. And then on National Signing Day, one of the biggest recruiting flips of all time comes from five-star, almost 1.0 recruit Travis Hunter, the athlete as you want to put it, because he's going to play both sides in college, too. He flips from Florida State University to Jackson State University, which is a HBCU located in Jackson, Mississippi. Now, if you don't know who Deion Sanders is, Deion Sanders is arguably one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever have played the sport of football. I personally agree that, too. But not only is he a great football player, he's a great person, he has great faith, and he's also a great head coach, and most importantly, the best recruiter in college football right now as we know and he he's already flipped a couple kids and a couple of these, these kids are four-star recruit Kevin Coleman from St. Mary's in St. Louis Missouri he's got Johannes Fortelin who is a wide receiver from Orlando Florida who's a three-star and then he's also getting a Garden City Community College 
who if you, if you remember that community college is from Last Chance You on Netflix, Keelan Kennedy, who was a cornerback, which is another three-star recruit, which is incredible for Jackson State, which is a small FCS school. So once again, I applaud I applaud Deion Sanders for just absolutely blowing up Jackson State and making it become a relevant known school in college football. And it's and he's not only trying to just better these kids in football, he's trying to better them for the future. He's trying to better them overall. And now also he's gotten a couple transfers from Cameron Buckley who transferred from Indiana. He got Jordan Williams who transferred from Indiana. He got Evan Henry who transferred from ULM. He also got Mark Pope who transferred from Miami. He got Josh Griffiths who transferred from Florida State who is his alumni, by the way. He got Kevion Mullins, who transferred from South Carolina. He got another transfer from True Thompson, who transferred from Florida State University. I mean, you can't tell me what Deion Sanders is doing right now in Jackson, Mississippi isn't spectacular, and I would not be shocked to see him get a Power 5 school, hire him in the next at least two to three years to be a head coach. Because I was shocked when Florida State didn't hire him either before they hired Mike Norvell from Memphis. and Yeah, so, I mean, Dion really, Dion's really setting up these kids, too, with his NFL connections, which is another reason why all these kids are wanting to join him down there in Jackson. And it hasn't come without, it, without any pains either because pretty much what it seems like, the whole Florida State fan base is kind of against Dion right now for flipping – Travis Hunter and ultimately I think they took it a little bit far because a lot of fans they were burning Deion Sanders number two jersey at Florida State and I mean they were burning signed jerseys signed everything I think they took it a little bit far because Deion's just doing what what he feels is best for the kids and ultimately it will having a guy like Deion Sanders coach you up and a lot of these kids are wanting to get to the NFL and unfortunately right now Florida State's not the place you want to go to go to the NFL right now the place you want to go to go to the NFL is with Deion Sanders down in Jackson Mississippi so Deion keep doing what you're doing I love I love how passionate you are to these kids I love how much time and energy you put into them and just keep being the great coach you are and now let's get on to the NFL portion of this segment of this podcast and we're going to kind of discuss some of the news that's happened today so let's first start off with some new new reports have come out about Juju Smith-Schuster, and it seems like from a from a tweet from Juju that he's coming back to play against the Chiefs. So this will be a huge boost to that Pittsburgh Steelers offense, getting him back with Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, and Big Ben, and ho- hopefully this gives the Steelers the boost to be able to at least compete against the Chiefs on Sunday night. So this is good news for Steelers fans. Juju from his from his Twitter, it looks like he's coming back to play on Sunday. Now. Another breaking news as I'm literally making this podcast. According to Adam Schefter, the Texans have fired first-year head coach David Coley. This really doesn't come as a shocker because I remember last offseason when, when Houston did hire him. It it really didn't make any sense. He was a wide receivers coach at Baltimore. And as you all know, Baltimore is a running run-first offense with Lamar Jackson. And like J and J.K. Dobbins and all them, so it didn't really make sense. Houston, as you know, with the whole Deshaun Watson incident and the whole situation right now as it is, and then just the overall lackluster roster and just, and really weird decisions made by the by the Texans. This was kind of inevitable. I mean, I don't think he's a bad head coach. He did seem like a really great guy, so I wish him the best in another position at another team, but. It's confirmed the Texans have fired head coach David Coley, so this makes it about 
six to seven head coaches that have gotten fired so far this offseason, and it just began. So I'm really interested to see who the Texans hire. I'm really interested to see who the Jaguars hire, the Vikings hire. So this should be a really good offseason. And not to top it off with already all the head coaching rumors, we might have a possible Bill O'Brien reunion with the NFL becoming the head coach of the Jaguars, which has been rumored right now. I know the betting odds right now currently have Bill O'Brien as a favorite to land the job in Jacksonville. I think personally Bill O'Brien is a great head coach, but not a great GM. As we obviously know from the DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona trade, He's not the greatest GM, and but we'll see. If he can turn around that Jacksonville Jacksonville franchise and he can help build up Trevor Lawrence better than, obviously, Urban Meyer did. I think it, you literally, I could do better than Urban Meyer did this year coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars. So be interested to see. We've got Dan Quinn rumors. Our D.C., he might be heading to Denver. He might be heading to New York. Pretty much he's getting recruited by every single franchise to be their head coach. So I'm happy for him, happy for him to get back into the head coaching carousel. But, yeah, so I'll keep you all updated, keep you all up with the podcast regarding all these new coaching changes, all the new college news, whatever it might be. I'll make sure to keep you all updated. And now let's get on to the MLB side of our podcast for today. So we're going to discuss the lockdown. And currently its status right now is they're meeting today for the first time since December 2nd when the lockdown was official. And according to Evan Drellich, who is a senior writer for the MLB, he's saying the players aren't even encouraged by the MLB's new proposal for core economics. And honestly, I'm not surprised because I remember when they first, when it first happened, the players were demanding a lot of things and they were demanding a lot of changes, which were needed for the MLB. But... Rob Manfred doesn't want to pay the players as much as they want to get paid, even though each MLB franchise, its value is skyrocketing. And yes, I know baseball players, they do get paid a lot more than most people do, but they also play 182 games in a six-month span, and they will constantly be playing, I'd say, maybe five games a week That on the lighter side. So I think they do deserve that pay because they are bringing in all these owners billions and billions and billions of dollars and the players aren't even getting half a billion out of it so I think it's rightfully so that the players are arguing this and hopefully they do end up being able to get what they want as well as the MLB and incorporating this so we can get the lockdown over with because I know we all want to be able to watch baseball and be able to enjoy the sport and to put in to put in significance on how bad the players are being underpaid AL MVP finals Vladimir Guerrero Jr. made only $605,000 this year, which, in case you don't know, the minimum salary in MLB is five hundred and seventy grand, which means an MVP finalist was missing out on at least $30 million plus million, which is absolutely insane. So that's why I kind of feel for these players, because... If you, I mean, if anyone has the opportunity to make $30 million, you're going to do whatever it takes to be able to get that $30 million. And whether that means boycotting your job or boycotting whatever, you'll do it to be able to get that because you want to be able to support your family and be able to support yourself. And I mean, I know they're still making a lo- loads of money, but when you can go from making a salary of six hundred and five grand a year to $30 million a year... I would absolutely take that in a heartbeat. I don't know about y'all, but I know I definitely would. So that's why I kind of stand with the players in this instance where they're kind of wanting to be able to up that minimum to probably 1.2, 1.3 million, which is 
they fairly do deserve because they are playing 182 games a year in six months. So hopefully by the time spring training comes, we'll be we'll already have a new deal and we'll be able to get right back to baseball and join the sport we love. Now on to more MLB news. Legendary pitcher John Lester is retiring from the MLB. I mean, what a great career he's had. And I know I've seen a lot of people talking about whether he's going to make the Hall of Fame or whether he's going to, you know, be able to even get there in general. And personally, I don't think he will, but he'll always be remembered for being the legendary pitcher he was. And, you know, maybe if Cooperstown gives him an invite to be in the Hall of Fame, then power to him. But once again, just wanted to let y'all know John Lester is officially retiring from the MLB and just what a great career he did have. Now, since I do live in DFW, I'm kind of accustomed to being a Rangers fan in a sense. I'm not a huge Rangers fan, but I do support the team. And I want to ask y'all a quick question, and maybe y'all can DM me or just, you know, comment. How do y'all feel about the Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon signings? I think Marcus Simeon was a great signing, considering that pretty much what we paid for him was cheap. And I don't, I don't really know about Corey Seager. I mean... He's okay. He's really injury prone, and I think 10 years and 325 million was a little bit too much for him. He is a great, he is a great bat, and he will get you, and he will get on base and bump up those numbers. So, I think he's great signing. I just don't think how much we paid for him was great. Now, the one, the one signing I did love was John Gray from the Colorado Rockies, who was a former third overall pick by the Rockies, and. He did pretty good this year. He played in 29 games. He went 8 for 12, 8 wins, 12 losses. Wasn't not great. He had a 4.59 ERA, but considering how lackluster our rotation is for Texas right now, I think is a great addition. And his contract is only a 4-year, $56 million contract, with, which considering how much that pitchers are getting paid averagely in the MLB, it's a pretty good steal for a pretty solid, you know, starting pitcher so hopefully maybe during the year we can trade for another pitcher because we do need rotation with Dan Dunning and Mike Fulton which if we re-sign him so hopefully we do our pitching gets a tad bit better than last year's but overall I'd say the Rangers probably had one of the better off seasons in the whole MLB now into the last part of today's podcast I'm just gonna ask y'all what are y'all up to today are y'all spending time with family y'all just relaxing watching some sports you playing video games, you exercising, what are you doing? Let me know down in the comments. Let me know how y'all's day's going. If you had work today, just let me know. I just want to let y'all know I'm so thankful for y'all's support every single day. I'm thankful for being able to broadcast to y'all and give y'all all these sports news. And just want to let y'all know how amazing y'all are. Y'all are worth it. And I hope y'all have an amazing day. Thank you for listening.